that you're here, and we're in this series on death to life. Pastor Herbert kicked it off last week. We're going to be looking today in the book of Matthew, Matthew chapter 9. As a matter of fact, why don't you take your copy of God's Word and go ahead and turn to Matthew chapter 9. We're going to start reading with verse 18. We're looking at this story here in Matthew chapter 9 that gives us a beautiful illustration of what it means to go from death to life. You know, we're getting ready for Easter Sundays. You've heard it referenced several times already. That's coming up, and Easter Sunday really is the Super Bowl uh, Sunday of Sundays in the church world. More people are open to and will actually come to church on Easter Sunday than any other Sunday the entire year. Not only that, but statistically speaking, more people will go from death to life on that one day than any other Sunday in the year. So when you hear leadership talking about Easterland or promo videos and things like that, it's because this is a really divine strategy that we believe, uh, you know, not only that, that we're getting ready for, I mean, God's helping us experience going from death to life even right here and right now. So it's not one day, someday, but we do believe that unless Jesus comes back before Easter, that this coming Easter weekend, uh, it, it could be one of the greatest days just in the history of our church and a great day for the kingdom of God. So that's what this series is helping us to do is to ramp up for that and towards that. And I don't know about you, but my prayer is, God, may I never forget what it felt like when I was away from you. Like when you think of your story of going from death to life, there are some of you that that is your, your testimony, that is the story of your life, is at one point you're away from God and today you're walking closely with him. I get it that there are some of you here today and, and uh, you're here for a number of reasons, but the reality is you've yet to start a relationship with Jesus. I'm glad that you're here, totally stoked that you came. But it's our prayer that as you are here, as you're watching online, that, that you would see that when we're talking about from death to life, really, that's a story that starts in my own heart and in the hearts of so many people in this room. And I pray that God would never let me forget what it felt like to be away from him, because the day I forget that, I'll lose my sense of awe and excitement over the, the reality of this moment of living in the life that Jesus has for me. Anybody, you're just excited about that being your story. You have gone from death to life. Come on, wave at me if that's you. You're saying, absolutely. Aren't you excited about heaven? Looking forward to heaven? Man, going to be forever with Jesus, streets of gold. Come on, it's going to be great. It's going to be amazing. No more sickness, no more pain, no more taxes. That's coming up. Didn't mean to remind you. But anyway, heaven's going to be awesome. But until then, we're left here. Why? To reach one more soul while there's still time because it's all about more changed lives. Can you say amen to that? Yeah. Matthew chapter 9. Tried to give you a couple of minutes to find it uh, there in your Bible. Matthew chapter 9. We're going to start looking with verse 18. If you don't have your copy of God's Word, you can look on the screen and follow along with us. While he was saying this, the he that we read about right here is talking about Jesus, and saying this is referring to the conversations that he's having in the verses that precede what we're looking at today, and he's talking to his followers, he's talking to disciples, he's answering questions that people have about his disciples. While he was talking to them, while he was saying all of this, it says a synagogue leader came and knelt before him. 
a synagogue leader, this spiritual leader, this religious leader, someone who uh, was familiar with religion and had heard about Jesus, this guy comes and he seeks Jesus out. It says, while Jesus was saying these things, a synagogue leader came and knelt before him and said, my daughter has just died, but come and put your hand on her and she will live. Jesus got up and went with him, and so did his disciples. Jumping to verse 23, the continuation of the story, it says, When Jesus entered the synagogue leader's house and saw the noisy crowd and people playing pipes, in other words, the funeral had started, he said to them, Go away. The girl is not dead, but asleep. But it says that they laughed at him, and after the crowd was put outside, he went in and took the girl by the hand, and she got up. Verse 26 says, news of this spread through all that region. So you have in this drama here, you have in this story all kinds of different people and characters, but really three main characters, and the main, main character is Jesus, because how many of you guys know, anytime Jesus shows up, anytime Jesus is in the drama, Jesus is the star role, right? Everybody understands that. So if Jesus is there, star, he's the main character. And yet, in this one, you also have this little girl. The other uh, accounts of this in the other gospels, same story, but repeated in uh, some of the other books in the New Testament. Uh, Mark, in particular, says that this guy's name, the, the synagogue leader, his name is Jairus. His daughter is 12 years old, and it says that his daughter was sick. And while he was on his way to tell Jesus, some, at some point in that process, then she died before the guy even got to Jesus. So you've got this girl, and, and certainly as, as her role in the drama, come on, that's a pretty big deal. She I was like, okay, you're the one who is dead, but you actually get raised back to life. How many guys know that's an important role in the drama too, right? We'll give it to her on that one, key role. But I want us to look at this drama, which is a real story, but through the eyes of Jairus, the little girl's dad. And the reason I want us to is because the real thrust of today's challenge is as we're looking at this thought of death to life, yes, we'll remember that Jesus is the one who brings life to whatever situation you or I would ever encounter. Don't you ever forget it. He is the miracle worker. He is the way maker. He is the one who specializes in doing the impossible. As a matter of fact, that word doesn't even work with him because when it was impossible, but Jesus shows up, how many guys know all things become possible? So Jesus is the main character, but we're not necessarily looking at it through his lens. Then you got this little girl, and she went from death to life. And hopefully there are many people that you can relate to her story. Now, if you're one of the ones who are like, man, I've yet to experience that life-transforming power of Jesus, then you might want to pay attention to it through the lens of the young girl. But for the bulk of people listening to this and watching online, I want us to look at it through the eyes of the dad, and as such, I want to show you three things about it. If you're taking notes, I think that would be cool if you are. Write these things down. Number one, I want us to see first and foremost his love for his daughter. Number one, I want us to see Jairus' love for his daughter. So as I mentioned, when he's with his daughter, she's sick. She's not yet dead. 
But he knows that this is serious. He knows that it's a big deal. And so I can only imagine the anguish that this dad is feeling. I can only imagine what he's going through because when I read this and I think about his love for his daughter, it reminds me about my love for my daughters. Most of you guys know I have five little girls and I have a little boy, but I mean, it just as a dad, when I read a story like this, I don't just think Jairus had a 12-year-old. I immediately think of my 12-year-old. So now I'm thinking not just Jairus' daughter was sick. When he, I'm thinking Kelly Grace, my little girl, and I'm remembering when early on in her life she got some serious uh, news from the doctor. And I remember the, the, the gravity of the situation. And I remember how desperate it was when we were looking at it and thinking, this is not good. And they didn't have anything specific. They were doing all of these studies and all this research and whatnot. But they said, this could be something so severe that it will impact her right now, but it would lead to a premature death. And I remember just feeling just this, this thought of like, that's my little girl. And, and so I'm thinking of Jairus and, and he's with his daughter and he's, 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 he's trying his best to, to fix it but he can't and now he realizes at some point this is getting desperate so I'm picturing him beside her I'm picturing him holding her hand I'm picturing him thinking at any moment this could be her last breath have you ever been with anyone when they cross from this life into the next one, you ever been with someone that you knew that any hour, any minute, any second, this could be their final breath? This past year when my grandfather passed away, he was dying of cancer. And, and as we would get uh, just further and further along in at hospice, would begin to talk to us and say, you know what, at this point, it is probably only a few weeks away. And, and then they got to the point where like, you know what, be surprised if he makes it through the week. And the closer we got, the more all of us as a family refused to leave. Because we wanted to be there. We just thought, well, it, it could happen today, and, and I don't want to be gone somewhere. I, I want to be right there with him. I want to be beside him, just, just the heart of someone that you love and that you care about. And so I'm picturing this with Jairus, and I'm thinking, this is a guy who didn't want to leave her side. He's thinking at any moment, he's wanting the little girl to know, Daddy's here. He's thinking, I wish I could fix it, but I can't. But at least she'll know that I'm here with her. And as long as I can hold her hand and her just know that daddy's with her and daddy loves her, I don't want to let go. But at some point in that process, this religious leader, this synagogue leader, this dude by the name of Jairus, at some point he's remembering that there is this miracle worker that people have been talking about named Jesus. And it was his love for his daughter that caused him to say, I'm going to roll the dice. I'm going to take the risk of letting go because I can't fix it. And I'm going to run with everything that's within me to find this Jesus. Because maybe, just maybe, she'll live. When I think about his love for his daughter, I think about my love for my daughter. And I can't help but think about the love that the Father has for every single person in this room. Specifically, the person seated in your chair right now. Did you know that when God looks at a group picture, his eyes go to you? Like, well, how, did, how does that work? Because you just said that to everybody. He's God and he can do it. 
Do you know how we do that? You know, you get your, your kid's little school picture, and you don't, you don't start looking at all the other kids. Your eyes immediately go to your baby. Did you know that God, the omnipotent one who's able to do anything, you know where his eyes go? Not just to his children, but to his child. Can I just remind you today that God not only loves you, he likes you. Can I just tell you today that I'm reminded in this story about this dad's love for his daughter. I'm reminded about the father's love for you and me. Can I just remind you that God is God with you and God is God without you? Can I remind you that he did not create you because he needed you? He created you because he wanted you. Can I just tell you today that regardless of what the enemy may be shouting and screaming in your ears about your life and the circumstances that you find yourself in and how culture would want to paint a picture of God and who God is or what God is like, can I just tell you that the devil is a liar and that we don't need to look to the world to learn about who God is or what he's like, but when you look to the scripture and you see what God has to say about you, you know what he says, you are the apple of his eye. God loves you. God cares about you. When I read this, I'm picking up on this guy's love for his daughter. It reminds me of my love for my little girls. And it reminds me of how much God loves you and how much he loves me. And it reminds me of another thing. It reminds me of the love that he wants you and he wants me to have for the people around us who are spiritually dead and separated from him. I mean, that's why I'm still here right now. I told you, I can't wait for heaven. Like, for real. Seriously, some days more than others. I'm like, Lord, right now, trumpet sound would be awesome. <laughs> I mean, there are some days I'm just really looking forward to it. But you know what? I'm still here right here and right now. You know why? Because there's more work to be done. It's about reaching one more soul while there's still time. I can't wait for Jesus to come back. But boy, if he would give us a few more weeks to get through Easter Sunday. I can't wait to see more changed lives. That's why I'm still here. That's why you're still here. And this story reminds me about the love that he wants us to have for other people. So we see, first of all, his love for his daughter. And then the second thing we see is we see his faith in his God. We see his love for his daughter. We see his faith in his God. And I point this one out because you have to know a couple of things about this guy's request and about this process of him letting go of his little girl's hand. It wasn't that he didn't love her. It wasn't that he wanted to leave her. It wasn't that he thought, I don't want to be by her side when she takes her final breath. No, no, no. He loved his daughter so much that his faith in God caused him to do something that it caused him to take a deep breath and go. And when he went, don't think for a second that he didn't have thoughts like this swirling through his mind. I'm a religious leader. I know what all the other religious leaders say about this teacher, this healer, this miracle-working guy, Jesus. Most of them are saying that he's a false prophet. A lot of my friends in my circles are saying that he's demon-possessed. There are a lot of people saying he's out of his mind. There are people saying that he's a fraud. There are people who are trying to discredit him. I know the minute that I go to him, it's going to cause me a hit on re a, a, a reputation or credibility. I realize, but you know what? He let go. Why? Not because he didn't love his daughter, but because he had faith in Jesus. So he let go and he chased after Jesus. 
And as I mentioned to you, when he left her side, she was not yet dead. But along the way, before he got to Jesus, some came and they called out to him. And they said, Jairus, don't bother the master. Your little girl just died. It's too late. It's over. You tried, man. You gave it everything that you had. But there's no sense in even asking him right now. She's gone. But this guy's love for his daughter was only matched by his faith in his God. And he heard that and said, thanks. And he kept going. And he got to Jesus. And when he got to Jesus, he said, Lord, my little girl has just died. But he didn't say, so would you pray for me that I'll be able to cope? He didn't say, I'm looking now at an impossible situation, but there's nothing we can do about that. But as we move forward, no, no, no. Here's what faith says. Faith says that when I look in the natural, it seems to be impossible. But when I look through the eyes of faith, I realize that there is nothing too difficult for God. But all things are possible with God. There is nothing too far that he can't reach it. Nothing too heavy that he can't lift it. Like, I don't even know for your specific circumstance what it is that you're going through and you're going this is impossible I would just remind you that God specializes in the impossible so you know what he says to Jesus he says my daughter's died but check this out it's so crazy he says if you will just put your hand on her she will live how many guys know that is some serious faith when you say, Jesus, this is all that I need. She's dead. She doesn't have a pulse. Her heart is no longer beating. But if you will just place your hand on her, she will go from death to life. Jesus, if you'll just touch her. See, we tend to think in our natural mind in terms of layers of difficulty. Like, that was easy. Well, that wasn't easy, but it, it wasn't that hard. That was hard. That was very difficult. That's impossible. We tend to think in terms of layers of difficulty. We tend to think in terms of this game is going to be difficult. Or it's going to be a breeze. Or it's going to be a closely matched and we'll see who wins. Or they're going to wipe us off the map. I mean, we think in terms of degrees. But see, here's what this guy understood about God. Is that. There's nothing difficult for him. It's not like with God, um, it is, this is going to be uh, pretty easy for me. Okay, now this one, okay, we're going to need Father, Son, Holy Spirit, all three, everybody. Okay, we're going to need all of us on this one. It's like, okay, going to need a few extra angels over here for this one. This is difficult. Listen, in the passage just before this one right here, in, in, in Matthew chapter 9, just the, the passage, you ought to read it, proceeding, it's talking about a guy who is demon-possessed, and he is so filled with demons that when Jesus said to the demon, who are you what is your name the demon answered we are legion for we are many it was meant to try and intimidate it was this boast and this arrogance of I'm not even alone there are thousands upon thousands of us but how many guys know it is just as easy for Jesus to deal with thousands and thousands of demons as it is for him to heal somebody of the hiccups come on how many guys know what I'm talking about God doesn't look at it and go sore thumb I think I can handle that one headache how bad is your head? How many guys know that God doesn't work like that? So with one word, he spoke to Legion, and he said, get out. The man was completely and totally set free and delivered once and for all. It so freaked the people out, they didn't even know what to do with it. 
So this guy knows this. He comes and he says to Jesus, if you'll just put your hand on her, she will live. Can I just remind you today that God is not intimidated in any shape, form, or fashion of your great need, as impossible as it may seem to you. Because we tend to think in terms of levels. Our marriage needs some help. God, please help us. But then there's a marriage that just looks like this is dead. And so we feel like, why even bother the master? This guy had faith that overcame all of the noise. It pushed back all of the trash talk. Do you know that even when Jesus got up to respond to this guy's request and they got to the house, I just read it a second ago, that when they got there, they went walking and the funeral had already started. And Jesus said, hey, get everybody out of the house because she's not dead. She's only asleep. And do you know what it says happened after that? It says that the people mocked him. This was a strong, ridiculing, insulting mockery of it. It wasn't a giggle. It wasn't a snicker. They were hurling their mockery at him, saying, she's dead. We know what dead looks like, and she's dead. This guy's saying that she's asleep, she's dead. But you know what the father didn't do in that moment? You know what? I made it through this hurdle. I made it through this obstacle. I made it through this, but now I'm at the place to where, man... She's dead, and now we got here to the house. I see she really is. It's true. And now all these people are mocking Jesus. Enough is enough. I'm humiliated. I'm heartbroken, but I'm also now embarrassed. No, no, he didn't do that. You know what he said? I think Scripture doesn't say he started saying this. Here's the picture I have in my mind. Jesus said, get everybody out of here. I'm picturing that guy in that moment going, I hear the crowd. I see the reality. But my God has spoken. What you want everybody get out. Everybody get your tambourine and get out of here. Okay, playing the pipes over there, play it somewhere else. Okay, okay, little kid with the drumsticks over there, quit hitting them up. I need you to get everybody out of the house. Why? Because my God has spoken. He says she's not asleep. Not, not dead. She's just asleep. He's gonna get her up. My hope is in that. I, I, my, my heart is stirred. Listen, some of you just need to be reminded today that whatever you're looking at, that insurmountable mountain, that something you go, I can't lift this. I can't fix this. I don't, God is not intimidated by your impossibility. Listen, he delights in your faith when you come to him and say, God, help me with this. He's ready. I mean, my kids, if, if they come and they ask me to do something, you know, like, I, sometimes I think they do it just to stroke my ego. You know, but sometimes like, Daddy, can you open this? Oh, you know I can open those pickles. Hand it here. Hand it. Let me take care of that for you. I'll break my wrist before I'll fail in getting that pickle jar open. No joke, one time when my kids were really little, one of the little girls came in, they were playing the little kitchen stuff, you know, that has a little plastic toy, got the little plastic food, you know what I'm talking about, like English peas, you know, or whatever, and then buttered corn, you know what I'm talking about, right? So she brings it, Daddy, can, can you open this? And I was like, oh, yeah, sweetheart, because I know how this works. I'm used to imaginary play along. I'm like, oh, absolutely. Oh, okay, here's you some buttered corn. Blow it off. It's really hot, okay? And she's like, no, no, no. Hands it back to him. She says, open it. And I'm like, oh, well, oh, well, you have to just pretend it, it, it doesn't open. I hand it back. She said, peace, Daddy, peace, open it. 
was like, sweetheart, it, it does look, it's, it's just one piece. See, look at, look at the whole thing. See, like, it just doesn't. It doesn't open. She said, please. I was like, hand me that thing. I'm going to rip that thing off. Just hand it to me right now. I don't care if I need a chainsaw. I don't care if I need a stick of dynamite. That lid is coming off of the piece. How many guys know what I'm talking about? There's something in the heart of a dad that just says, I'm not intimidated by the fact that your request doesn't make natural sense. I can get that top off. You need to know that God's not looking at your situation and going, don't you know how hard that is? Don't you know what you're asking me to do? He doesn't even come say, don't you know you got yourself into that mess? He comes and says, oh, you're coming to me because you believe. He said, Lord, if you just put your hand on her. And Jesus said, where is she? He goes and he takes her by the hand and she gets up. The last thing that I want to show you is this last verse. It says in verse 26, news of this spread through all that region. What news? The news was that this young girl, 12-year-old, you know Jairus? Yeah, his daughter. She died. But the crazy thing is, that guy Jesus went and grabbed her by the hand. She got up. She's at school today, dude. Like, she's alive. Like, it just worked. No, everybody started talking about, where is she? Where is she? She's right over there. Look at her jumping rope. That's that's tires. That she's how you know she was dead? Dude, she was dead. The funeral started, all right? So it wasn't like, I mean, they it, she was dead. Right? Who do you think was leading the talk on guess what's up? It was her. I'm, I'm convinced it was Jairus. I'm convinced of it. Because you know how it is. You get back to work on Monday. Hey, what'd you do? Oh, kids had a soccer game. And if your if your kids scored, you're telling the whole office. Yeah, I mean, it, it is so much more exaggerated than whatever really happened in the game. You know, it was down to the wire. We were down by 80, and my kid brought them back. It's just tough. We can't brag about their sports. You know, it'd be like, well, my kid, uh, you probably saw my bumper sticker. My kid's an honor student. Straight A's. And you got another parent going, man, I, I got one uh, bumper sticker. My kid beat up your honor student you know whatever 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 we can come up with you know how we are as parents <laughs> who do you think was leading the story it's Jairus that's the third thing I want you to see is he had a story for the world you see you cannot help it but when you yourself have gone from death to life nobody begs you to go talk about it if you've yet to encounter God in such a way that you can't help telling people about it, I would challenge you to evaluate what kind of encounter with God that you've had. There's just something about the supernatural work of being dead and coming alive that forces you to want to talk about it. You don't have to have a crazy story. Man, I work with teenagers. Teenagers are hilarious. Teenagers like, you know, peer pressure and always trying to outdo each other with stories. So, I mean, I've been at small group times you're in a circle and starts off hey tell us about how you came to know Jesus and one kid's like yeah I just I used to just do bad stuff and and then God changed me and now I'm living for him oh that's awesome next kid's like uh, I used to do really bad stuff I used to do drugs and alcohol and now I'm saved so God delivered me and the next kid's like well 
That's nothing. When I was 10, I started selling drugs while I was doing drugs and alcohol. And set free today, guys. Next kid's like, when I was three years old, I was dealing, selling, and shot 18 people. Matter of fact, I've been in jail since that time. I'm out on weekend right now just to be here today. And it just cracks me up because they feel like, I need a story. I need a story. And listen, there are some of you even in here today, you feel like, well, what would I have to say? Do you know that one of the most incredible stories ever is somebody who said, you know what, by the grace of God, like at a young age, I surrender my life to Jesus. Listen, especially the teenagers in the room, you don't need some crazy story. Just love God. Just serve Jesus. Just be on fire for him. And you know what, so I mean, honestly. Honestly, some of you, like, like you're on one end of the spectrum. Some of you, you're like, man, all I remember is like, for me, I've been doing communion since it was Nilla wafers and, 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 and grape juice. I just remember being in the nursery. I'm pretty sure that's where I got say. I'm pretty sure. And then there's some of you like, hey, that whole being out for the weekend. How'd you know, dude? That's me right now. And so you have all kinds of stories between here and here, wherever you are. If you've surrendered your life to Jesus... You got a story. Not just a story to be celebrated, but a story to be shared. He went and told everybody, man, people were talking. Today, as I close to pray, there are some of you that you need to think about it through the lens of the girl. Are you ready to reach out and allow the master to touch your hand and totally change your life from the inside out? Regardless of what weights you're carrying, the dirt that you feel, the perversion you've been a part of, listen, with one touch of his grace, listen, it will wash away an entire life of sin. You're like, that's impossible. <laughs> it is, unless you're God and all things are possible. It's true that you're one heartfelt prayer away today from having your life totally changed and going from death to life. For others of you, I'm going to pray for you today that God would bring to your heart and mind people that you can invest in and invite and bring to Easter, that you'll just watch for opportunities just to say, some cool things have been happening in my life. you got to come check out Easter Sunday with me at People's Church. I think you'll love it. Or however God uses you to share your story. But I want to pray for you. Can we pray?